Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and with me tonight is... I am Ben Young. And that is literally all that is joining me tonight. It's, another, is, it's another Colin Ben mess around. Which is fine with me, to be honest. I mean, what, last time we did this was Clone Wars, I think? Def, yeah. <clears throat> it was good. It was a good time, I think. I, I enjoy the one-on-one that we have, bud. Definitely. Me too. Uh, so tonight we're here to talk about, uh, I should say season two of Altered Carbon, but it's really season one and two of Altered Carbon because we never did the first season. So Yeah, we're talking about both. Yeah, we def talking about both. So uh, before we get into that though, Ben, what is new in the sci-fi world? Oh, well, I'm glad you ask because there are some things that are new. Uh, to begin with, to the surprise of no one, Christopher Nolan's hotly anticipated sci-fi espionage thriller Tenet has had its release date pushed back. Fortunately for the fans, it's only two weeks. Tenet will now premiere on July 31st, as long as the country doesn't start closing down again. In its place, Inception will hit theaters again on July 17th in honor of its 10th anniversary. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. I guess. I saw. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to go see it, but right. it's cool. Yeah, I've seen Inception too many times, so like I'm not like into it anymore. It's funny, it's the more I watch that movie, the less I like it. Yeah, that's I think we talked about that before is that um uh, it, it, there's something about it. There's just like it, it it may at a at a at a glance, at a passing glance it makes a lot of sense and then uh after too much viewing and after looking too deeply into it, you, you kind of start to like see through the plot holes and it's just a bit of a bummer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I still respect it. I think it's a damn good movie. It really is. But I don't it's, think we should hold it in as high a regard as uh, some people do. So. Yeah, well, I don't hold Christopher Nolan's career in as high regard as pe- some people do. So, Well, you're a dick butt, so that's fine. <laughs> no, I think he's great. He's a great director. He's easy. So. Yeah, he's a, yeah, I'd say great. I'd give him great. But he's not, he's not infallible. Right. Yeah, we I can mean, agree on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on, EA has dropped the trailer for their new five-on-five multiplayer game, Star Wars Squadrons. The game is a first-person competitive dogfighting game developed by Motive, uh, EA Motive, uh, that promises to deliver all that old X-Wing glory that nerds remember so fondly. It will also have a story where you can play for the New Republic or the Empire set just after the Battle of Endor in Return of the Jedi. Uh, the game drops on October 2nd for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and boy, does it look cool. I mean, I agree. I will say that it's literally just Battlefront in space. I mean, okay, so, counterpoint, uh, I never played Battlefront 2. Well, that's fine, and there there is, like, that space mechanic to it, but I... I'm not saying it's going to be a bad game, I'm just saying... They're really not swinging for the fences on this one. Well, they're calling it, so they're specifically marketing it as a five-on-five multiplayer game. And they're saying, like, it's five-on-five, and also, it's got a campaign. So enjoy that, I guess. So, but what that means is, the the fact that they're marketing five-on-five means they're aiming for competitive uh, shit. So, uh, if there's a possibility of a Squadrons eSport League, I don't give a shit. 
maybe there's definitely like you said there's uh the framework for it is there with it being five on five so mm-hmm. and, i can see it <clears throat> sorry good no uh, so uh, the, the framework and just the the marketing i mean you know it's like i said they they, they are clearly aiming for that and ea has the money to kind of build a league out of whatever the fuck they want anyway uh yeah no i'm excited i'm just excited regardless i don't know if it's going to be more like war rogue squadron more like battlefront but uh i i can't wait to see what's next from it i hope it's good i mean they've already got my money i'm gonna buy it oh yeah it's only 40 dollars on top of that it's only 40 dollars so like you know like who the fuck releases games for that cheap of a price anymore i mean i guess you could argue like well it's not a full game then but like okay it's got a campaign that we could probably estimate would probably be around five six hours at least hey and then if the multiplayer is good enough 40 bucks hell yeah maybe, why not maybe ea has finally gotten to that point where you get what you you pay for so i mean absolutely <laughs> so charge people appropriately for if, games if battlefront 2 released at 40 bucks maybe more people would have bought it at the time you know uh, but yeah, yeah, so that does it for the news. For all of the latest and greatest sci-fi news, follow us on Facebook.com slash sci-fi cross-sections and on Twitter at SF Cross-Sections. Back to you, Overlord. All right. So as I said at the beginning, we're here to talk about Altered Carbon Seasons 1 and 2. Um, boy, uh, Altered Carbon is the Netflix original series. Um cyberpunk i'm going to say that in parentheses for, <laughs> for certain reasons i'll get to it later um created by uh laeta Colagridis. sorry um, we coached you we, we coached, coached i coached i coached myself <laughs> on that i was like dude how am i gonna say this so it's a uh, laeta Colagridis. sorry i'm just i'm fucking good. it up today you're good you're sorry good. sorry laeta um Based on the <laughs> sorry, popular series, sorry of... for so much more than the mispronunciation, but we'll get. To... <laughs> yes, um... <laughs> sorry for interrupting. Um, no, it's based on the uh, very popular sci-fi series Altered Carbon by Richard K. Morgan. Um, I have gone through the first book. I liked it, but I can see how that's it. Um, we'll get into that <laughs> later too. Um, so, starring season one stars uh, Joel Kinnaman as the. Uh, titular character uh kovach um but that character is later portrayed by oh fuck anthony mackie thank you thank you uh anthony mackie sorry um also in the series is james purifoy um martha higareda uh chris connor that is and uh dechen lachman William Lee. Oh, who's that? Miss William Lee. He's a uh, stronghold Kovach. OG Kovach. Oh, thank you. Yes. So, honestly, the uh, we'll just say the OG Kovach from here on out for the rest of the cast. Well, OG Kovach is technically well, uh, Chris Connors Poe, by the way. Um, uh, OG Kovach was Byron Mann, and the OG Kovach, quote unquote, is Kovach um, on. Uh, i don't know the stupid fucking world with the stupid fucking orbitals where he gets arrested well, no. in the beginning well, no will yun lee is the og kovach no he is called stronghold kovach in season one and then kovach prime in season two yes because he that's the older body of kovach 
Right. I just need that, to... that, that's Kovach grew up to be that. Like that's what... who he is. There's gonna be a lot of a lot of Kovach thrown around today, and I, we just need to set it up. Which that we talk about Kovach Prime will be William Lee, uh, Joel Kinnaman Kovach, or we'll call Kinnaman Kovach Mackie Kovach, and we'll say OG Kovach is Byron Mann. He's the one. He's the one that was arrested at the beginning of season one, and he's. He, Kinnaman fought him as well. He right, fought right. So, Demi. you know, Byron Mann is a uh, a re-sleeve. That's not the original Kovach. So. No, that's that's Kovach older. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's an older version of Kovach. He's aged. Man, I'm all fucked up. I think. They said in season one that... <laughs> hang on. Bear Look. with us, but I, I, I'm telling you, when, Will Yoon Lee, they actually say that that is his... I'm just talking uh, about... His his original body. I'm they, just like, talking about... cryo and whatever. How they credited him. They credited okay. Byron Mann's character as OG oh, Kovach. So if you guys are listening, that's how fucking confused we are. Because <laughs> there are literally... At least four fucking actors that play Kovach in the series, which I'm not mad about. I think it's really fucking cool. I just wish they credited it better because I don't know now. I'm it's confused. It's a good concept, I guess. I think they just call him OG Kovach because he was the first Kovach we saw on screen. I think that's why they call him that. But okay. Regardless. Okay. So. Where was I? Was I still listing people? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, to round off... Season one, I guess, will say that uh, Renee Elise Skullsberry uh, is very important. She's in season one and two. She plays uh, uh, what whatever her name is. Kelchrist Falconer. Falconer, yeah. Falconer, thank you. Uh, Deachin Lachman plays uh, Kovach's sister. Uh, Martha Higareda plays uh, Ortega. The, you said uh, them. Yeah, that's right. Um, Pure Foy. Yeah, got them all there. <laughs> that's uh, that's season one for the most part. Uh, season two, don't add too much more, but we got uh, Simone Misik, uh, Dina Chahabi. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. fuck, she was uh, she was in uh, Jack Ryan season one. Ooh, that's I where still, I, I, still gotta, I still gotta watch that. Yeah, you'll like it. Nice. I think you'll like it. Oh, cool. Season one and two, they're both good, but yeah, she was in that. Nice. Way different, way different <laughs> character. That's that's great. It actually shows how strong she is. Cool. Um, then we got Torben uh, Liebrecht, who plays the uh... Colonel Ivan Carrera. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm holding comments. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. So that's uh, that. Pretty much rounds off the cast. Uh, there's a lot of sci-fi regulars that pop up here and there. Um, for the most part, I think that'll do it, though. As we said, uh, Byron Mann is also in season one. Yeah, uh, we love him because he's also a uh, a known actor in um, The Expanse season two and three. Yeah, he plays a, he plays a renowned douchebag. But he nailed it. Oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, uh, I will say right now that Neil uh, McDonough is also in this for like two mm-hmm. seconds in season Fucking two. Fucking wasted. We all fucking love Neil McDonough. I will say that this cast, yeah, absolutely. Through, every member of this cast loves Neil McDonough because he is a, a a huge part of science fiction in the last 20 years and also a huge part of, uh, you know, like 
what do you call it, like superhero movies and shows. Oh yeah, he's he's, he's, he's all, all about part it. of that. He's literally a part of my transition from adolescent into adulthood. <laughs> so the fact that he was only in this for like two seconds, I was like, what Fucking the fuck? <laughs> yeah. When I saw his face on the billboard and whatever, I was like, oh my god. Like, oh, fuck, we're going to get some awesome Neil McDonough content. And I am fucking robbed. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyways, Ben, I'm not going to, you know, give much more than that. So if you could tell me what this series is about or try to tell me or the people what the series is about, go right ahead. I've got a very general synopsis just to, to get us started for tonight. In the future, humans have found a material that allows them to upload their minds to a small microchip called a stack and re-sleeve into any human body they want and can afford. Almost 300 years after being arrested, Takeshi Kovach, the last envoy, awakens in a world he doesn't recognize. But one thing remains the same. The rich still live forever and control the poor while they live like gods. And that's as short as I can make it with with by allowing it to make sense still. Um, <laughs> yeah, furious typing. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. So no, it's okay. <laughs> I it mean, just... at this point, we're literally saying like, <laughs> do androids dream of electric sheep? Meets, well, obviously, Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah meets i don't fucking know at this point heavily you could tell definitely heavily inspired by blade runner at least you know, you so season one is definitely yes definitely inspired by blade runner and i, and I was but, about to say that uh what's his name's books uh i've already forget his name oh philip k dick no this dude oh the actual author of uh this series yeah that's uh richard k morgan thank you richard k morgan you can tell especially was very inspired by philip k dick's work like i don't i don't even need to read the book i could just look at the world and i know it's drastically different from the book but i could just look at like the world that they're pulling from and it's oh so yeah no the book was actually from what i can tell it's that's pretty much on the nose i think they did the best they could because you only have you know a limited amount of money and a limited amount of time to tell a story, so yeah, they did good. But man, there's just such a huge departure from season one to season two where I was just like, Jesus Christ. Okay, buds. Yeah. So like, I I love Anthony Mackie so much, and even he could not save that second season. <laughs> okay, so that's where we'll start. Um. I don't love Anthony Mackie, and this sealed it for me. Um, I realized the only thing I've ever liked Anthony Mackie in was uh, in Marvel movies, and uh, they're so factory-made at this point that if you're bad in a Marvel movie, you kind of just don't deserve to be an actor. So, no, I, I, will, I will challenge you there and say that all the m- moments where... Kovech had to be emotional. As much as I like uh, Joel Kinnaman, I do not think he could have delivered those scenes as well as Anthony Mackie did. I really, I, I don't think so. 
I, I like Joel. Don't get me wrong. I like Joel Kinnaman. I like everything that he's done. I don't think he could be as emotional as Anthony Mackie was able to be. And I think Mackie did it be- would have done it better. So I, I won't disagree that I don't think I won't disagree that Kinnaman couldn't have done what this season demanded, but I don't think Mackie did what this season demanded either. And I, I every time he was on screen, I just was like it felt like he didn't believe in the world. It felt like he was just kind of going through the motions. And whereas Kinnaman felt very invested in everything. Mackie didn't feel like, even when Kinnaman was like being disconnected Kovach, like he still felt invested. Whereas Anthony Mackie, like throughout it, it was just, it was boring. He was, he was very boring to watch throughout it. There was no, I felt there was no nuance to what he was doing. And I was really disappointed because I, you know, I, I, like I said, I've liked Anthony Mackie in the Marvel movies. I, I didn't like him in Striking Vipers and I haven't seen him in anything else. Full disclosure. Uh, but this was just a massive disappointment through and through. I thought that he just phoned the entire season and to the point where I put my phone down when he was no longer on screen. So... Fair enough. Fair enough. He was on screen for a lot of it, Ben, so that says something. <laughs> when he got thrown over the edge, I was like, thank God. <laughs> I I was semi-hoping that they were just like, wow, spoil oh fuck, they just kill off Anthony Mackey and we the, just go uh, with OG Kovach Prime. Well, no, it's not OG, it's Kovach it's Co- Prime. Mm-hmm. Takes over. Which I was like, this would kind of be cool. But no, they didn't do that. Um no, I still I thought Anthony Mackie did a great job. Specifically, I would say the scene between him and Poe, when Poe was like finally able to be like, okay, I'm just gonna reboot, and he's sitting there at the bar, and Anthony Mackie just shows up and pours a drink, and they just start talking. I was like, this is this was good. This was out of both of their characters. This was the strongest development of them realizing that how important they are to each other. I remember that scene. Or at, least, or at least acknowledging it. I was like, this is great. And I'm pretty sure uh, Kovach even sheds a tear during this, you know. Like, I thought it was fucking awesome. I remember that scene, but I don't remember liking it. But at that point, to be fair, at that point, I was very checked out. I I want to be clear to anyone listening right now who's like, oh, what's their first impressions? Do I Do I want to watch this? Uh, I wouldn't have watched this if I wasn't contractually obligated by sci-fi cross-sections bylaws to watch it. Like, I would have turned it off. No joke. I would have turned it off. I actually know the exact point where I would have never watched a single episode of the show again. Season one, episode three. At the end of that episode, I would have said, I'm done. And I wouldn't have watched the show ever again. Oh, man. I was hooked on season one at that point. So... I do want to talk a lot about season two because at the end of the day, when I look back on it, I liked season one a lot more. Season two is going to be most of me bitching. Season one, there's a lot I did like throughout. It was like, for me, it had like like highs and lows and highs and lows. And there were points where I was like done. And then there were other points where I was like, okay, I'm glad I've stuck this out. And then there were points where I was like, I think it goes episode three, I was out. Episode five, end of episode five, I was in. I was like back in. I was like, okay, this is cool now. Uh, and then whenever Raylene was revealed to be alive, I think that's like episode six or seven, 
I was yeah. out again. I was like, oh my God. I was like, yeah. could you telegraph this shit anymore? And I need to be clear, and I know I'm talking a lot, I'm sorry. I need to be clear that the one of the tropes I hate the most in like murder mysteries is the the late edition suspect. Where it's like, you know, you get all these suspects and it's a fun little guessing game on who did it? Who, who's the murderer? And then this late edition walks in and they might as well be wearing a sign that's like, I killed the man. <laughs> you're like, oh, uh, my God. So, oh, fuck. OK, so season one to me, I loved. And for one aspect, it's because I love the. Uh, just like the the sci fi noir type feel of it. Mm-hmm. This the detective story. I love that. But also the cyberpunk feel to it. Yeah. Just like the body modification. Like all this shit is going on. I loved it. I loved the dialogue going on. Mm-hmm. Season two, fucking nothing. It goes okay, like cool. full Anthony Mackie can like pull the fucking guns to his hands. I could dig that. Sure. Oh, you got wolf DNA spliced into that sleeve. That's really cool. Neat. Other than that, nothing. When did the wolf DNA ever come up? Never. I thought it, it would was, like allow him to completely, track someone by scent or something. Completely fucking useless that it they was, mentioned it. They probably would have just better off not mentioning it. Um, but like so we look back at season two and uh, Ortega, she fucking gets a whole new fucking arm that looks and uses perfect. it. It's like that's what I want. That's what I want out of fucking cyberpunk. You know fiction or whatever i don't know what you're going to call it but actually i i'm sorry i remember the point where i was back in on season one it was when she was attacked in the elevator i was like when woman long attacked her i was like yeah with that cool fucking little star stabber yep. thing i was like "Ooh, all right we're heating up now and i was in it for a bit and then ray shows up and i was like oh my god <sighs> by the way can we just can we just talk about that that actor and how fucking creepy he was dude he's so creepy and he's great like don't get me wrong well he's like he's like religious fanatical like it was perfect but and i loved i loved the reveal so he he actually is probably my favorite character in the show to tell you the full truth because he has a really long was hmm long was yeah it's it's a really interesting concept for uh for his his placement in the world so he is presented as the one of these um one of these uh what you might call them the the believers the uh the ones who are trying to stop people from spinning back up they place coding in their chip and they're like we're done we're not if we die we're not coming back he's presented as one of these early on but what he ends up being and i I, so i'm like when he when it's revealed he's working for raylene i was like oh okay he's he's just a sycophant he's just a nutcase but then he reveals that it goes so much deeper than that he is a psych he is like a zealot but not in the way that everyone else is he believes in gods he's he says the gods have come back down to the planet and raylene is is one of them that they're, you know, they they walk among us now as they did in in mythological times, and that was really interesting to me. And I wish we explored more of that with his character, because, and there's really probably not much more to talk about. I guess I just want more of him. 
um, because he brings up like kind of the most important important part of it all, which is like the question of transhumanism in this in this series. Uh, are we still human after it all? Do we still retain what makes us human? And the answer is no. We are more, and that's his point of view. It's not just that we aren't human any longer. We become better than humans. Some of us do at least, not all of us, but he's saying that some of us have truly ascended in ways that we that we talked about in our mythological times. Some of us are the Hercules ascending into godhood. And I thought that was a really interesting point of view. Oh, I could definitely see that. Wow. Man, that just proves that season one was better. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> season two. I mean, even, uh, even with my, lost, sorry, <laughs> you go ahead. I was just gonna say, when you lost James Purefoy in season like one, who he was not in there a whole lot, you know, maybe what, like four episodes, maybe five. Yeah, he, he was also wasted. That's probably one of my favorite, I guess, drama actors, I would say. I don't know how to phrase that, but he's probably one of my favorite. You ever watch the shit that I've seen him in? You ever watch The Following? No. Oh, yes, Ooh. I did actually. I watched uh, the first couple episodes of season one of that. He's great um, in that. He's great. Oh, you should see him in Rome, dude. He plays Mark Anthony. Ooh, we'll do. I'll check that. Yeah, I keep getting told he's, to check that out. So I'll he's he's great in that. Um, but in this, it's he's perfect. Like he nailed. He knows exactly the character he's playing. Oh, absolutely. When he delivers his lines, it's perfect. Um, and then you get to season two, and it's just like the cast is not there, man. Not at all. It's, it's not really, at all. Oh, fuck. Who was, uh, who was the governor? Um, Doesn't matter. Danica Harlan played by Lilo Harlan. Lauren. Yeah. So the, the Harlans, man, just, there was nothing there. You could have definitely recasted that role a lot better. I mean, I think the whole series should have been recasted the whole second season at least should have been recast uh you well, know, no um even even i will say chris connor is without a doubt from season one season two the whole way he is what holds this fucking thing together for me if he was not in this series i probably would not have even finished watching it okay word but even chris connor suffered in this season like and so maybe that's a defense for Anthony Mackie the, on your the side. Writing, of it. The writing did, but Chris Connor did not do a bad job. I hated it. I hated it. I hated every second he was on screen. I hated every second Dig was on screen. I oh, hated no. Dude, it's awful. It's such melodramatic bullshit. Like I kept I kept thinking about Origin Unknown. Or not Origin Unknown, um, Another Life while watching this. I always thought about Another Life because I knew that everyone, the moment I said that this was like melodramatic bullshit, I, I, I assumed there were going to be more people with us tonight. Unfortunately, stuff has come up. But I, as soon as, I, I, I knew as soon as I said melodramatic, people would be like, well, you liked Another Life. I like Another Life because it's melodramatic and it knows it is. I don't, this shit is melodramatic and they're trying to pass it off as intellectualism. And that shit fucking doesn't just gross me out. It repulses, it, it, it repulses me. You, you, find, you find it repulsive. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. 
I, I I would say that the interchanges between Chris Connor and uh, Dina Shababi were on point. I thought they were great because it's literally if we're gonna look at it from the sci-fi aspect, <laughs> these are two people that are still struggling to understand what it means to be human, and they finally figure it out. That never happens in sci-fi. They never figure it out. They just struggle to get closer to it. They figure it out. I would say Poe does at least. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you're human because you're broken. Okay. Like that's not like that's not interesting though. That's not like of course. I thought like, that was great. I could literally like ask a four year old. I could ask this dog like, "Hey, what does it mean to be human?" He goes, "You all are flawed creatures," and I'd be like, "Yeah, I know." No. 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 <laughs> that's not how easy it is. I I don't know. I just and maybe okay. So like I said, I might be too hard on it right now because it lost me it, it very seriously lost me like i was on my phone for most of the show i'm not gonna lie to you at this point uh, i was i was off of it towards the end of season one because things got interesting finally but not just is was the uh, did i feel that the writing was melodramatic i feel that it was just boring it was just non-stop Season one had its boring moments, then it got exciting. And for that, I forgive it. Season two was boring every minute of every episode. Oh, it was 100% a step backwards. Just like you look at your protagonist, your antagonist. They literally were just like, oh, we told a really great story in season one. We have all these other characters that we introduced, but then weren't that important. Let's now make them <laughs> important. So that's where you get... Uh, Fuck, I keep forgetting the character's name. The uh, Calcrest? Yes, Torben uh, Liebricht. Uh, the uh, the guy that trained Kovach. Oh, early, early I don't even, who, who even gives a fucking shit about that dude? Right. <laughs> but, but he ended up becoming like, you know, your your main antithesis to the, the whole fucking thing at the end. It's like, I don't even know what's going on. Oh, all right. Anthony Mackie just got zapped by that laser. Cool. You know what's wild to me about that recast is that they they still had the actor who was who played that character originally before he got quote unquote re-sleeved. No. They did. They had him because they they shot scenes with him in the virtual reality. So they had him. Well, the thing is is you can't just like use him as that character though because that first of all devalues bringing back like William Jaeger. Uh, Lee. Yes, Jaeger's the character's name. That devalues bringing back William Lee as Kovach. If it's like, oh, we're just gonna bring back everybody. Oh, yeah, we brought back Kovach. That makes sense. But they specifically say it's that literally they put hundreds these... of years, hundreds of years later. But they put just, them like, on ice for when they need them. But maybe that sleeve died. No, they no. say what happened. It's stupid. He says that he got too famous, so they gave him a new sleeve, so it didn't. Let, they didn't let it go to his head. That's weird. Okay. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, if it'd be one thing if they were just like, "Oh no, Jaeger, the the actor who we had who played Jaeger is gone. We couldn't get him this season. Sorry, bye." But they had him in other episodes, and he was. By the way, better than this fucking Torben Liebrig dude. 
uh, fucking, no, he wasn't. He, fucking he wasn't poor man's bad. Rob Van Dam or whatever shit. Literally, literally, they, he was not that bad. <laughs> really, he wasn't. Am I seeing this in, like, fucking, like, shit-covered glasses? Cause well, I would say the, the character is poorly written. You can say that. I would say the actor is at fault. He did the best he could. I don't know. I don't really... I'm not really in the mood to be forgiving anyone right now, to tell you the complete truth. <laughs> what about what about Simone <laughs> Missick? <laughs> okay, no, I, I, she was okay. I liked her. Well, she was good for, like, the first half. And then well, you know got, what, like, though? And it's funny. Sorry. She was good for the first half, and then what did you say? Sorry. I was just going to say, then that kind of just, like, uh, okay. It was the writing at fault at that point. It was like, I okay. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Absolutely. She, um, it's all of it. Every time they start getting into like interpersonal relationships, it's yeah. suddenly like the writers don't understand what real relationships are like. They don't understand what friendships are like. They don't understand what, what romance is like. And they just kind of write for drama. They don't write for, for a, a character. They don't write for relationships. They just, they're like, this is what people like, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. And then they sent that in, and someone didn't say, stop, this is bad. Well, in season one, it was acceptable because you were still in this whole umbrella of it being a noir-like detective story. And we all bought into it. It's fine. It made sense. I'll accept that. Because you get to season two, and it just doesn't fucking make any sense. It's like, what the fuck are you... What is what are you guys trying to do here? I did I I literally did not understand. This is literally a group of writers who <laughs> who are like, "Oh fuck, we got a season 2. Wow, what do we write?" Um Let's go this direction. You also have to understand that the books do not make sense. You get season 1 was literally the first book. It was perfect. You get this beautiful like cyberpunk noir story and apparently season or book two just goes off to like Kobach is on a spaceship far away trying to like start a rebellion You're just like i read that he joins SeaTac uh, in uh, in book two well, i was yeah, just no. kind of like skimming through things because i was like how different is this and it just seems like a fucking like, it's, uh, it, it just mess. upends and goes somewhere else and it's like oh, okay that just that makes sense that season two does not work well with season one i thought the first episode worked well it was kind of like a natural progression of season one and then just kind of like went off the rails and went its own direction i was like i don't know where this is going yeah no you're right now that i think back to it because it was like okay well we're starting off now instead of instead of hunting down a murderer he needs to protect this dude um so he's going to be part of political intrigue and shit like that yeah that would have been interesting i guess i don't know but then yeah, you have I, Anthony Mackie, who just wasn't interesting at all throughout this. I mean, fuck, you literally could have had Neil McDonough play Kovach, and we would have been like, fuck yeah, let's go. This is perfect. I mean, fuck. Amazing. I, I mean, anyone, honestly. Like, and, and no, I don't, you know, you know what, though? I'm going to give, no, I'm going to stop you there, because I don't think anyone would have saved this season. I think you're right when you say the writing earlier. This script is just... Ugh. like even like a character like Tana Seta Hideki was who who starts off really interesting and really like like I was like oh man I want to know more about him it just turns out to like I don't know be a wimp 
Like, are you? I yeah, was, sh yeah, I was shocked. No, completely wasted. Yeah, that would have been a, a really good uh, point for them to explore. Yeah, I, I was agree. shocked that this dude who's like this supposedly terrifying Yakuza boss is just like this military dude walks in and is like starts pushing him around and he's like, oh, uh, I he's like, I can help you, but it just it means that I'm going to die. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to mean you're going to die. Like, like do the writers know how the Yakuza works? Like, they don't fucking fear the military. They don't fear shit. They're like, they're fucking Yakuza. They don't do shit. They don't fucking care. I don't know. Maybe my understanding of the world is vastly morphed and... I, fuck, does anyone actually have an understanding of the world at this point? Yeah. Uh, I will I, say that the casting is fine for this movie. I will say that. Or movie, TV show. The writing is just so fucking... There's just a huge departure, this huge digression from season one to season two where it's like, I don't even fucking know what's going on. Not not just I don't know. I don't care. Like It, it, it got to the point where you're right. I mean, like, as much as I gave season one shit, because, like, don't get me wrong. The, it like makes I sense, said, though. The, when you the, finish it, you're like, okay, this made sense. Right, it worked. It worked from beginning to end. I, I, I still stand that I don't like that Ray ended up I, I don't I don't mind that Ray was the was the villain. Ray was the antagonist. I don't like that she was a late addition suspect. There was nothing pointing to her ever throughout the early episodes at all. Like there should have been little little pieces dropped, little little tiny hints. And um right. Yeah, I, but even with that, like season 1 is still at least like mostly entertaining. It's I am, just a good it's a good detective story. That's what it is. Like it's just satisfying. Season two literally felt like, oh, fuck, we got a season two? Wow, we got to come up with something real quick. So it interests me that we, we've we identified the writing is awful. And Leda wrote, she wrote the screenplay for Alita Battle Angel, which yes. we, you know, we, our we listeners know, we love. We Fantastic. So yeah. I was like, I was like, what's wrong here? Where where did it go wrong? Well, it turns out Leda only wrote three of these episodes. She executive produced for everything else. Showrunners are busy. They can't write every episode. I get that. They so, have other shows to run, yeah. Well, they're running this show. They're only on the show, but they have the, a showrunner oversees every department. And so when it comes to writing, it's just kind of like, you, write this script. I'll read it later. And they kind of move on. She wrote the season one premiere, which was good. The season two premiere, which we've agreed wasn't that bad. And she wrote the episode, The Killers, which is one, two, three, four, five. That's episode six of season one. There's a corner covet graces for a final showdown in the sky. A new hero emerges and more buried secrets. That doesn't tell me what episode this fucking was. But she that's wrote. The the I, I think that's the one where they get stuck in like that fight fight pit and. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was well, good. They, that was a good. They episode fight too. OG Kovach or not OG Kovach. Yeah, no, you right, you right, you right. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a yeah, fucking was good, good episode. But that's too. what I'm saying, man. That's like, that's like all of those episodes were strong, like cyberpunk, you know, futuristic noir type episodes. I fucking loved them, and it's like ugh, season two just did not have. Like, oh no, uh, this one is um, actually I stand corrected. This, this. 
IMDb list is is unclear. The Killers is the finale. I just looked it Actually, up. that's my least favorite episodes of season one. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a little. It's it's very sloppy as as most finales are when they set up too many plot lines and don't actually, uh, you yeah. know, resolve them by the yeah. end of it. Uh, she also didn't totally write that. She co-wrote that one. So, so I'm gonna give Leda the benefit of the doubt and tell her, hey, uh, hire better people. Because I'm sick. Listen, of it. in terms of movies and television, she is, as far as I could tell, the uh, resident expert on cyberpunk. Yeah, seems to be. I mean, Alita Battle Angel to me is like prime cyberpunk. So she wrote two episodes of Bionic Woman for Christ's sake. Okay, so she literally is the resident expert, and I look forward to seeing what she does next. <laughs> uh, I I just yeah, but I don't think altered carbon season two is going to be listed in her prime fucking achievements so and i don't know i don't know or care that season three will because i gotta be honest dude did i'm not gonna fucking renewed? watch it i did, did it I get renewed did it get renewed that's really the question on everyone's mind right i don't now. think it's actually gotten renewed yet so I, if it does get a season three i will watch it um begrudgingly there better be Neil McDonough in it. If there's not, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> you know what blows my mind is like, I don't get how other critics like this. Like it's got a 60, season one has a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes and season two has an 85%. Like That's how? Bullshit. That's how? bullshit. Season two, like was anyone watching the same shit? And honestly, like if you're listening to this and you have seen Altered Carbon and you're like, these two are full of shit it was a great show reach out to us and tell us what we missed because like this it's not good even season one which i will concede was enjoyable is not good in my opinion hmm. Ken kinnaman is still while kinnaman is enjoyable to watch he's still incredibly melodramatic ortega is a senseless character that continuously makes poor choices and bad decisions but is not justified in the character development to do so, nor does she ever learn from them. Um, who else? Well, like I said, the, the surprise suspect is stupid. Uh, Purefoy is underutilized. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I like to think Purefoy is always underutilized. Can I, just, <laughs> can I just point out, though, that I didn't realize this until now that Jeff Russo did the music for this, also did the music for Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. Oh. Yeah. This is so. that's incredible because uh, this is also some of his worst work. <laughs> I will I will say that I love the intro theme. Really, you like that? Yeah, it's very just melodramatic. <laughs> it's generic. It's like da na 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 da na 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 na. I don't know. I you know you know why I'm so pissed. I think. And this is something I was thinking about a lot leading into this. So this might kind of be my final thoughts, unless you have more things to to bounce off me. These no, are my final, final things to say uh, from my own brain, which is what makes me maddest about this show is that despite how bad it is, despite how boring it is, the synopsis I read you at the beginning of this sounds awesome. And it sounds yeah. like something I would love. Yeah. 
and it has every bit of potential to be something interesting. Even in season two, I remember when when uh, Harlan strapped the the political prisoners to the fireworks and set them off. I was like, <laughs> oh, now we got a show. I literally watched it twice. I was like, wait, wait hang on. Did I just watch what I think I just watched? <laughs> I was excited at that point. I was like, oh, okay, we start the show now. And then it just stops. So much wasted potential throughout this entire series through season one and season two the uh, at every turn the writers made a decision that specifically led the show down either a boring path or a, a ludicrously melodramatic path and it got to the point where i just wasn't enjoying watching anymore i was just waiting for it to be done and i don't want to like that in my sci-fi even if the sci-fi is so bad i like to think about all the things i'm gonna say about Luc Besson when i come to the podcast and i couldn't even do that like it's just i don't have jokes about this show it's just a fucking waste of my time considering the actors that were involved you mm -hmm. thought it would at least be better I get absolutely that. i get that no, and i'm do. angry with it for that no and i love season one so i thought that season two was gonna be on par and it 100% wasn't it was such a huge departure from what made season one good so um i'll agree with you um so let's jump into good sci-fi bad sci-fi bud okay no 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 no. so i'm not i that wasn't my last thought um i did realize that we i would i wanted to talk a bit about the idea and we talked we touched on it a bit with lung earlier in season one but the idea of stacks and uh, this kind of progression of transhuman transhumanity, um, what it means, you know, Bill would be lashing us if we didn't talk about what it means to be human. Um, no, that's, so, that's, that's that's my that's my. Oh, that's yours. Oh, yeah, no, that's my Bill's, thing. Bill's questions. We yeah, Bill's questions. Mine's what it means to be human. <laughs> um, so you you should be lashing me. So. Here's here's the question at the end of the day. The it brings up the philosophical question of is Kelcrest right? Is kind of its big thesis. Kelcrest's point is, or it's just Kel. Kel's point is that by her creating these stacks, which she created specifically so that humans just could just travel the stars, and we can we can just kind of upload our minds into these little chips. And we can, we won't lose time when we go from one galaxy to another, when we're taking forever to get from one place to another. But instead, the rich, you know, oligarchs took her discovery, co-opted it, monetized it, made it a commodity, and then made it a necessity. So obviously there's something to talk about there with this kind of oligarchical, um, process i think the issue once again that we keep coming back to is that it it sets all of these really interesting concepts up and then never explores on a deeper level right yeah like we get discussion that like raylene and are, are they called meths i never looked this up like m-e-t-h-s i believe it is m-a yeah they're meths oh in reference to methuselah methuselah did I pronounce it? Methuselah? That's interesting. Biblical patriarch. Um, anyway, they're called meths. Uh, 
we we kind of in season one get a lot of talk about like how these meths are gods and how humanity is kind of the at their whim we worship them because if we don't worship them they'll take it away they'll take away eternal life so what did you say the thesis was of this show is is kel right do we did we lose our humanity in the process of seeing this i think the thesis of this show is kel discovered a technology that all uh, mankind can benefit from but really the only ones that were really benefiting from it was that you know we'll say the the one percent yes yes that is a that is a super rich super problem i think that is what the thesis of this whole show is Mm -hmm. is that even though everyone can benefit from this the true people that are the rich are getting richer essentially Mm -hmm. is your your top one percent your meths is what it is and yes as you say they're become it's come to the point where they are worshipped by everyone else mm-hmm. and they dictate whether people live or people die i think that's a big thing about what um pure Four's character was he was literally playing god to the masses you know yeah he was going down and he's touching these diseased people who can't be touched yeah. yep uh, and yeah. and the way though the same thing he did with the with the lawyer he he chose not to kill her, he he chose not to kill her yeah as if he has the power of law over oh, him. He thought he was a god like he he literally thought it was beautiful he, the way that he was portrayed his character. Oh man, I loved it. Instead, he gave her a punishment that he this god uh, saw more fitting, which is not to kill her but to cast her from the mountain. She can no longer live among them. She yep. was going back to being immortal, and she was going to be Man. happy with it. Fuck, season two literally sucked compared to season one. <laughs> You're right. I mean, if see if we, this was just a discussion of season one, I'd probably like walk out of this and be like, yeah, this wasn't bad. Like it suffered, it had its issues, but it wasn't bad. Like, but with season one and two combined, like season two drags this entire series down to its absolute depths. Which is why you should all go and I think the Kickstarter is actually done now, but there's an Altered Carbon tabletop game coming out, um, tabletop role playing game. And I don't know what system it uses, but you know what? Go make your own stories and continue the thesis that season one set out to present because uh, season two wasn't good. And if we get a season three, it won't be good. I'm just telling you this right now. It won't be good. No, honestly, they did not deserve a season three. Oh, God, I hope not. All right, so, uh, I, I think that's all I got. All right, so let me let me ask you if this was good sci-fi or bad sci-fi. Overall, bad sci-fi. Like I said, if, if this was just season one, I probably would change my answer to tell you this. If this was just season one, I would say this wasn't bad sci-fi. This was, this was okay sci-fi. But it's not just season one. We're talking about this since the series so far as a whole and season two kind of takes everything that season one worked so hard to establish and just kind of spits in its face. It's like, we don't need to worry about these questions. We don't need to worry about these thought experiments. We don't need to explore these plot points or these characters that we've worked to develop. Instead, we're going to talk about some, some, I don't know, some AI love story about an author and a digger. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't make, I don't know. It didn't make any sense. It was a, a waste of my time. Every time it got interesting, it got 10 times more boring. And I regret 
that I had to waste nearly eight hours of my life watching season two. I think, uh, I think what makes, and then I'll wrap it up. The think what makes me the maddest about it is not just that it's bad, but it had the potential to be such a fucking treat. It had the potential to be something really incredible and it was squandered and wasted in the, in the poor and vain attempt at creating melodrama. So bad sci-fi don't waste your time. Toss it in the trash. <laughs> All right. Um, I will say that while this was a bad production, I will say that this is good sci-fi in the sense that you did actually have uh, artificial intelligence that were trying to, I guess, try to be more human. And they kept running into roadblocks, but eventually I think maybe they figured it out. Uh, I will also say that the technology aspect of, we understand that space is big and you can't get from point A to point B logically in a short amount of time. You just can't. So the idea of like a data transfer from one body to another makes a hell of a lot more sense. I think that's actually kind of cool. I love that aspect of it. Uh, it also allows you to keep telling this story with different actors, you know, because it gets more expensive to sign an actor for more than one season, obviously. Um, no, but I, I thought it was great sci-fi. Uh, not great sci-fi. No. Okay, it was good sci-fi. I will say that. Is there a difference between good sci-fi and bad sci-fi? Is there just like, this was sci-fi. I say I think we were like okay sci-fi. Okay sci-fi, yeah. Well, all right. Sorry, folks, for who are listening, bringing it down to this was okay sci-fi. Um, all right, I'll accept that one. I'll accept that response. And I, I just I will reemphasize that I loved the actors. I do not think they were used properly. Truly, yeah. so never once, never once. If there is a season three, and I honestly, I hope there isn't a season three, just because I don't want to uh, degress f further. But if there is, I hope they finally know how to use the actors they have. Probably won't be as good as the ones in season one and two. Um, if yeah. there is a season three, who would you like to see as Kovach next? Honestly, not not the uh, OG Kovach. Who was the uh... Kovach Prime? Will Kovach he... Prime. Well, no, that's yeah, yeah, that Kovach. I think he will be um the one I would like to see as Kovach. But remember, our our Kovach, our Kovach is still alive. Poe saved him. So he's gonna need a sleeve, because Kovach Prime is out there okay. running around doing right. his own thing. So who's gonna be that new sleeve? I want Sylvester Stallone. No. Because at least then it'll be fun to watch. No. Um, fuck. I like the idea of having it someone older, though. Ooh. Okay, no, yeah, like, seriously, let's do uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Okay, yeah, I can <laughs> see that. Yeah, that would be good. Or, uh... Like, I don't... I, I kept always thinking, like... You know what? I've and maybe this is because I've always wanted Denzel in sci-fi. Uh, but like Denzel led Altered Carbon would be fucking awesome, in my opinion. I don't think he does sci-fi though. I think he doesn't like it. 
What about... Ooh, if we're doing older Danish actors, what if we did... Uh... Oh, fuck, what's his name? Um... Played Hannibal. Oh, uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen. That would be fucking cool. You know, I, I like it would be cool, but I think Mads is, they, over, they, is overused in that kind of role now. Well, I, I think I think they just need to go like more of that noir type feel of it. Mm -hmm. It would be successful if you did an older character like that. Uh, Mendelssohn, I think, would also just be on par with that. Uh, yeah. But it has to be like a noir type thing. You definitely can't do like the action sequences you did with Anthony Mackie where he's tucking, rolling, and shooting, and karate chopping. I mean, you could. You just do it all in the dark again so we can't see it. <laughs> I watched this during the day a lot, so it was really tough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, that's all, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, that's all I got. Uh, all right, so, Ben, what can people do on Sundays? On Sundays, if you like fantasy or Dungeons & Dragons or people arguing about rules, you could watch us at... Uh, Once Upon a Tavern, we are available at facebook.com slash Once Upon a Tavern. That's where we are live. We are also live at twitch.tv slash Once Upon a Tavern. Underscores between the words at twitch.tv. That's twitch.tv slash Once underscore Upon underscore A underscore Tavern. Uh, and also, since uh, Billiam's not here, uh, if you like this, um, I realized earlier Colin mentioned um, how we were... Oh, no. Clone Wars was not... Uh, was Clone Wars? Is Clone Wars Patreon? No, it was, it was standard. It's, yeah, no, we released Clone Wars standard. Uh, anyway, um, but you know who did who who did do a one on one? It was me and Bill, and you and Bill, uh, did did one on ones each over at our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Sci-Fi Cross Sections over mm -hmm. there for just five dollars a month. You get access to uh some bonus episodes. Uh, we 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 are trying to get out at least three a week or three a month. Oh God three a week <laughs> three yes, episodes three per, three a month, month yep in addition to the ones that we are doing here so uh we've we've done like westworld season three uh bill has a wonderful wonderful series about futurism and, and mm -hmm. each episode is about a different topic and this last one he had colin on with mining the solar system oh that was uh, a fun one yeah you should check that out we also do our 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 twenty dollar tier get requests, and so we also put our requests uh, Patreons up there. We we just did Mars Attacks, and we got to do Evolution. I think we're gonna do Evolution next week. We got to record that. So yeah, uh, so, or yeah. this week actually probably be good time to do uh, it. Aren't, aren't the butt boys in? I mean, oh, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, if they don't want to do week. it, and we can talk. Next. It's fine. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. I don't know. We're kind of just jabbering now, so let's just wrap it up. <laughs> all right. Um, thank you all for listening. That is our take on <laughs> Alter Carbon Season 1 and 2. I mean, I really wish we had more people on this one, but... You know, I'm sure... I, like... I'm, I'm curious if people, more people would defend it, because I've definitely, like, semi-defended it, but I also have a lot of fucking things to say that were awful about this show. Um but this is where we are so when i when i posted in the group chat that every episode i watched made me angrier bill said he uh, he agreed with me so he'd probably be in a lot of my boat yeah he probably wouldn't have been as harsh but you know no one's as harsh as ben no definitely not well there you have it folks that is our take on uh, altered carbon season one and two so until next time <laughs>